What's up, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Bumper Sticker Faith. My name is Louis Dooley. I got my brother Sam Key with me this morning. What's up, my brother? How you doing? I'm doing well this morning. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm, I'm roaring and ready to go because we got a hot topic this morning, man. Me We're too. talking about something that's been buzzing for quite a few. I mean, it's been buzzing. Well, not buzzing. It's been around for years, but I'd say it's been really buzzing maybe the past four, maybe five years. Yeah. With leaders in the church sinning, mm-hmm. I, you know, a lot of times they use the verbiage moral failure, which mm-hmm. I understand what that means, but I'm a simple minded person mm-hmm. and I just call it as I see it, mm-hmm. man. Sin is sin. Sometimes it's a sin. Sometimes, well, it's always a sin, <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes it's a, a all out crime. Yes. Sometimes it's a, you know, moral failure, whatever language we like, we like to euphemize it with or make it sound better than it is. Yeah, um, so today we're going to be talking about leadership in the church when they sin yeah. at a level where it's hurting people, um some of them like committing crimes as mm-hmm. you said and and on the verge of being prosecuted maybe. Mm-hmm. Um and then restoration. Mm-hmm. You know that that's becoming the the part of the buzz now is mm-hmm. Some of these guys being restored and people all up in arms mm-hmm. saying either they never should be or it hasn't been long yeah. enough. So we want to unpack that today, yeah. y'all. So hopefully um, if it's something that you ain't interested in, I guess maybe it's getting nice outside. Maybe you can go fly a kite <laughs> or something like that or, you know, go dig in the dirt, <laughs> you know, plant some veggies. But but that's what we're going to be talking about today. Hmm. Well, right off the bat and complete like transparency and honesty. I am a pa- I was a pastor who failed. Mm, okay. So I'm a, a fallen pastor, you know, flat mm. out. So in some, I guess the way I think about it is like, why, why should I be talking about this with you? Mm. One reason is because almost like I've been there, done that, not in the sense like, Oh, brush it off now. But it's mm. like, I kind of know, uh, maybe maybe have some insight into the mentality of a guy mm-hmm. or person in those kinds of shoes that maybe I could have some insight, have something to say. Um, but then also, like, I want people to learn from mm-hmm. my mistakes. Like, I, I want to be able to um, help somebody listening out there who um, may be in that position and and help them identify some of these some of these blind spots. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and just for me, brother to brother, like man, I appreciate your heart for that. Um, but I do like want us to be careful not to alienate or offend anyone in your family. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? With with too many details, but as you just said, that I was thinking like what and I, I haven't read everything or everybody know everything yeah. let me say that everyone but from the things i have read and things i have heard i haven't really heard anybody come clean mm-hmm. really and admit not, i mean a few but the majority is i'm i'm totally innocent and in these cases that we're looking at well yeah I, uh, yeah and in most of the cases yeah. you know what i mean if i if i know 10 cases i would say 8 of them yeah. nobody said guilty they're yeah, disgruntled yeah. they've said i'm not guilty you know, but what I haven't mm-hmm. really heard, and again, I don't know everything, is someone willing to talk about it that it they were the offender. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I haven't heard any podcasts or listened to anything, and and sure enough, there's probably some out there. But mm-hmm. again, I think it's a great thing because mm-hmm. I think people need to know 
how it affects the family of these people. Mm -hmm. Because a person fails, people's feelings are hurt, they lose their job. That affects that person's family yeah. in a great way. Yeah, and you can definitely, you can speak yep. to that, right? And it really doesn't matter what the sin is, mm -hmm. right? Whether it's a crime, whether it's something that's not a crime, mm -hmm. doesn't matter. The, the, the fact is that it affects people's families. And I think that the body of Christ needs to understand that so that they can better know how to mm -hmm. respond to that person's family. Even mm -hmm. if they feel like you wicked, evil, so-and-so, so-and-so, mm -hmm. we don't want to see you, that's fine. Don't treat mm -hmm. my family like that because yeah. they didn't they didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. So what do they need? And you can speak mm -hmm. to the needs that they would have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the image that I that I got uh, as we approach this is that of a cave for mm. like uh, lead, leaders out there that I think maybe the typical and this not just pastors, but leaders of like Christian organizations, sure. schools or, yeah. or seminaries we've heard yeah. of recently. Like a, like a Ravi Zacharias would yeah. be an example. Yeah. Not a pastor, but a leader of a, a Christian yep. mission. But like you think of yourself, like if I were to ask you, do you know yourself? And, and like before, for me anyways, the way I would think it is like, yeah, I know what's going on inside of me. And I picture myself like as a cave. Okay. Like there's this dark room inside me and it's maybe 30 feet long and it's like, okay, there's something down, down there. There's this area, but I, I think I pretty much have it mapped out, mm -hmm. but like, it's not just a 30 foot long cave. Like, I don't know if you've ever been to mammoth cave. I have Kentucky, been, I actually have, but inside of us, it's more like mammoth cave where you have this labyrinth of, I think they mapped out over 400 miles worth of caves. And they've even said that, they think that there's another 600 plus miles of unmapped caves down there. So like when, when, when you think of yourself, you're not just like this very simple, there's not like a very simple blind spot or dark spot within you. That's like easy map, easily to map, but you're a labyrinth. You're a maze of hundreds of miles worth of unexplored territory. And, yep. and like, why does this happen to people is because they don't, they don't realize that they don't know that they don't accept it. And so then this stuff catches them by surprise, which obviously is, uh, is unfortunate. So like before us now we have, uh, like I, I put together a list of, of people in, in the recent years who, who have fallen and, you know, I've read through, read through these and, um, I don't know, as you've read through some of these stories and, and like, I'm not one to want to name names. With, yeah. I mean, with it, doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to name a name. Yeah. You know, the name isn't important and exactly yeah. what the person did to me isn't important. It's their response and our response mm -hmm. to them. And should they be restored to me? Mm -hmm. That's the three things that matter in talking about this topic. Yeah. So there's like one guy on there who, um, who's been accused of being um, uh, abusive sexually and assaulting someone in his congregation. And he's now wanting after just a few months, maybe six months wanting to like proclaim himself healed and restored and ready to go. And he's starting to preach again. So like those are the kinds of things that catch my attention and that um, I just, I just think that there's more to it that, that we can talk about. Yeah. Well, for me, I think about like leadership for God, 
and like you said, whether it be in a church or whether it be a, mm-hmm. a ministry, um, God appoints leaders, you know, and and those leaders step up into the role. And I'm one to believe that, you know, Satan is always trying to to get us. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if they can if they can kill the head, then the body will follow, right? So mm-hmm. if a leader can mm-hmm. be corrupted, then they stand a better chance for the body to be corrupted versus just going after a few members mm-hmm. at a time. And so um, it shakes things up, you mm-hmm. know? And so for me, it's recognizing the position God has you in and putting things in place to help you fight. You know, it reminds me, I pulled this verse up, it came to mind of, of God speaking to Cain. Mm-hmm. And he says, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? You know, so when you when you don't fall into sin, when you do mm-hmm. what's right, like there's no reason for your countenance to be down. There's nothing for you mm-hmm. to worry about because you're making yeah. the right godly decision. But it says, but if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. Yeah. It desires to have you. But you must master it, and that the the part that I remember that stuck out is sin is crouching at your mm-hmm. door, and it's like that's true of all of us, right? Yeah. But but maybe more so for leaders, mm-hmm. and I think we have to be extra careful, mm-hmm. you know. And so I love some of the things that Billy Graham put in place. One of which is his um, proximity with with the opposite sex with women, mm-hmm. and I know now there's this dynamic where. Um, if if a man wants to put some safeguards in place, there's some women that get angry mm-hmm. because they're thinking, oh, like, you expect me to sin or mm-hmm. you think it's going to be all on me? And for me, like, to me, totally, they're not e- people like that, they're not even getting the point, mm-hmm. right? If if I won't ride in an elevator with a woman or dr- ride in a car or meet with a woman, woman one-on-one, mm-hmm. it's not nothing to do with them. Mm-hmm. For me, at least, I can't speak about nobody else. Yeah. It's got to do with yeah. me, man. And so, if I t- yeah. if I tell you that, please don't don't get offended, don't get upset, don't say mm-hmm. I'm a sexist or or any of those things. Like sin is crouching mm-hmm. at my door. Mm-hmm. Don't let me in a, a, a vault full of money. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean by myself. Yeah. So, like, I'm trying to put things in place in my life because I realize that. Sin is crouching mm-hmm. at my door. You're a labyrinth of caves, and you you don't know where that sin's going to jump out from. Yeah, right? I don't. There's, I don't. And the yeah. best I can do is, I mean, a handful of things, right? Mm-hmm. Stay prayed up, stay fellowshipped up. But with all that said and done, when I'm left alone mm-hmm. by myself. Mm-hmm. But at least, like, this is the first part of it that's awesome. But at least, like, in a situation like that, you're aware that there's an, a wild animal down there, like that there's something down there like there's a a labyrinth of caves down there at least you're aware of it i think where the danger starts and as we get into like why does this happen or why is this happening to leaders the the first part of it is that they're just not aware of it or they think no i have it under control i know it's down there or that would never happen to me like as soon as you hear yourself saying like looking at a situation on tv or the media in, in, in some other church and you, th- and you think to yourself, oh, that would never happen to me. You better watch out because you just close your eyes to that animal crouching right at your, at your Yeah, and, and I would even say like if there's, there's things that we know we may have issues with and then there's things that we feel like we don't have issues with. 
I'm trying to put protection around me for all the things yeah. I could think of. Yep. Because just because it hasn't been an issue, like the thing that's an issue wasn't an issue until it became an issue. That's right. Right? And so it's like there's a first yeah. time for everything. And so yeah. I'm trying to put yeah. extra protection on my protection, yeah, so to speak. And because that's how messed up I am. And as soon as you say that it's not an issue, you just did something to your will. You, you bound your right. will. And that that sin is now bound to happen. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. So, so I think it only makes sense that since we're talking about protecting ourselves and mm-hmm. being aware, like one of the things we wanted to talk about is today was how does, so we got the individual, the leader mm-hmm. or leaders, right? There's things they need to personally do to like protect themselves, mm-hmm. so to speak. But then how does the church body or the rest mm-hmm. of the leadership or eldership or whatever how do they help? Is there a way they can help? Should they help? Mm-hmm. Those are all questions I have. Yeah. So what do, what do you think? Like, should they be helping? And in what stage? Like in the normal course of a I'm talking pastor's about, ministry I'm ta- rather I, than... I'm saying in general. I go to no, a church. Yeah. I have leaders at the church. Should I be helping as a congregant, mm-hmm. congregant just a regular congregant, should I be trying to help them mm-hmm. in their walk with Christ mm-hmm. and them with knowing that sin is crouching at all of our doors, but being watchful for them to try to help them if I see something. Yeah. As a congregation member, like the, it's up to the leader, the pastoral leader, number one, like he has to take responsibility and he has to play safeguards in his life. So, and we can talk about that, but just as a, as a congregation member, I think the best thing for that congregation member to do would be to, treat him or her like he has a wild animal of sin crouching at him, following him around at all times. So how, like, how so? Like, can you give an example? And as opposed to, um, we like to put our pastors and leaders on pedestals. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. We like to think that, that there's everybody else in the world, but then there's my pastor. Mm, Yeah. And he's holy. And he has life under control, and Amen. I want to be so much like him. Amen. Which there's there's a lot of truth to that, and a positive that 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 there is. But but you also at the same time you have to realize that he ain't uh, Jesus. He's not Jesus. He's uh, Simeon Justus at peccator simultaneously a sinner <laughs> and a saint. So yes, God, God has made him a saint, and He's called him to this office. But he's still a sinner, and whether or not he's aware of it or anybody else is aware of it. You need to picture him preaching in the pulpit, leading on a Sunday or on a trip. You need to picture that animal, that sin animal right with him. So, and, and I I think just being aware of that. So two, I can give two examples and it just so happened that these two examples are two big name pastors Mm. who have both toppled Mm. what I mean. They're at the top Mm -hmm. of their church and now they're no longer with their church. And it was it was kind of a similar thing. I went to one church, and you know sometimes you you visit a church and it's a big church and they got some well known or famous mm-hmm. pastor and there's always a long a line of people wanting to shake their hands and if they have an agenda whatever. I actually had some Bible courses that I wanted to talk to yeah. this pastor about and recommend for that, the prison ministry. No, they're oh, just Bible courses. Okay. I mean we we use them for the prison yeah. ministry, but they're not courses just for the prison got ministry. It. They're for everybody. So there was some good courses that I thought would be good that a congregation learns. You know, in my ignorance, I stand in this long line. Finally, I get up to the person. You have to take. He's a got two or three security people there, 
And they like, when I get up, they like clothes in front of me. Mm -hmm. And they kind of look me up and down. And then they were like, mm -hmm. what are you here for? And I was like, I got these Bible courses. And I tried to hand them to the pastor. And one of the guys put his hands in front and blocked me. And then he, he said, I'll take those. Wow. And then I proceeded to say what I wanted to say. Mm -hmm. And I stuck my hand, I was shaking my hand, and he shook my hand, and that was it. Mm. And it felt like a bucket of cold water was poured on me or something. Yeah. Like, like, what the heck just happened? It was weird, right? And then another example I have is, again, after service, I, I specifically went to go hear this pastor preach because I love his teaching. Mm. The other guy was, I just thought these courses could really help because of some of the stuff they teach. It's kind of <laughs> whack. Um, but I didn't tell them that. Um, but this guy was a taller guy. <clears throat> I, it wasn't a very long line at all, which mm -hmm. was cool. I go up to him to shake his hand. He was probably, I'm like five, nine. He's probably like maybe six, three, mm -hmm. um, big guy. I reached out to shake his hand and say, how you doing, brother? I love the sermon today. I love your teaching. I listen to you on Moody radio mm -hmm. all the time. He just stuck his hand out, shook my hand, didn't say nothing. He never looked at me. He looked over my head the entire time and just mm -hmm. looked around the room mm -hmm. as if I didn't even exist. Yep. And so I mentioned those two examples because being those both being my brothers in Christ, like I'm not overly sensitive. I don't think I'm somebody, but I'm just thinking like I didn't feel really any warmth. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm not expecting a big hug and a kiss mm -hmm. on the cheek and like, oh, it's so good to mm -hmm. see you, you stranger I've never yeah, seen yeah. before. But at least to like get some semblance of a warm welcome yep. and may, maybe a smile. Yep. Maybe a God bless you too, brother, Absolutely. when I say that to them and nothing is said yep. back. And so an example to me would be as a person, not even in their congregation, but if I was, me being me, I'd want to have a conversation yeah. with them about that. Not that I'm trying yeah. to be bigger than them or better than them, but just say, hey, here's, here's something that I observed. Mm -hmm. I got my big boy pants on, so I'm mm -hmm. not really offended. But what about other sheep who may be less mature mm -hmm. or more sensitive and like you, I know you don't want to hurt the flock or you don't want to mm -hmm. misrepresent Christ by not like loving the sheep. Mm -hmm. Right. So that would be kind of like the way I would, would approach it. But I would say something and, and probably those two incidents were indicative of a bigger issue. Mm -hmm. And especially now that they both have toppled, mm -hmm. it, it, it almost makes me think definitely that both the cold shoulder and both those instances or the way they handled things mm -hmm. really spoke into like the reasons why mm -hmm. they fell. Mm -hmm. I like the word topple because it's like the tower of Babel. It's like something only topples when it's top heavy, yeah. when it gets too high for itself. And then someone like you comes along <clears throat> like the normal congregation member, <clears throat> you represent the earth. You know, you're yeah, yeah. you're grounding for them. And unless we get too high and topple, we we need to come back in contact with the normal, you know. Yeah. So I, I think member. I think that in my this is my opinion, that as a leader in a church, whether it's that guy that's preaching every week, whether it's some deacon or some mm -hmm. elder, like whatever leader it is, I feel that and maybe this is something I feel God wants me to do. I don't know. But mm -hmm. I just feel like if I'm not representing Christ well, I want to know about that. Yeah. I want I want to know. And I'm just a regular dude because I don't want to rep misrepresent Jesus mm -hmm. because I want people to want to come to Christ mm -hmm. 
And when they think of me, that they have good thoughts, not bad mm -hmm. thoughts, and say, I don't want to have nothing to do mm -hmm. with that church or with the Jesus he follows. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think as Christians, we all should I be could, like that. I could never imagine reading an incident in the go Gospels like when Lewis comes up to someone and wants to shake their hand and, and Jesus treats them like that. In the Gospels, Jesus would, I mean, he would, go, he would put on hold healing someone's daughter and she ends up dying in order to heal somebody else. Like talk about life or death issues. He was ready to put on the back burner in order to minister to someone. Yeah. So and, I and like the second thing is like pastor, and maybe this is the case. If you're like church and responsibilities is so big and so great that you don't have time to shake someone's hand and show just a little warmth, then guess what? It's too big. Yeah. It's too great. Amen. And let that help to, determine the course of your ministry now if you have to get smaller get smaller i was I better mean, than falling yeah i mean you took the words right out of my mouth like i think it's a a, a size problem you know yeah. and and granted i like what you said earlier about people putting people on pedestals mm -hmm. like it's kind of like being a role model mm -hmm. like role models don't ask to be role models because they can't control who's going to mm -hmm. follow them and so if i'm if i'm preaching the word of god and, and god has given me a gift and i'm using that gift and it's is helping to shape and transform a person's life. Praise God. Mm -hmm. But if a person wants to put me on a pedestal, mm -hmm. I mean, the best I can do is if I notice that to try to diminish mm -hmm. that, you know what yeah. I mean? And not feed it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one area that can help with that problem yeah. is a lot of pastors or leaders will either eat it up mm -hmm. or they'll eat it up and they'll yeah. feed it. It takes more than one person to build a pyramid. Yeah. Like those are built by everyone together. Yeah. Same thing. When you have a pastor that <laughs> rises up and then topples, a lot of people have put him there. Yeah, I, I will. And that's not to take <clears throat> the responsibility away from him. I'm just trying to analyze all the contributing factors. Yeah, I, I will in this one instance name a name of a pastor that I that that I know. I feel like a a, a decent amount mm -hmm. that I've been around a, a fair amount of times that I've experienced something in my exchange with him every time that makes me feel like this is the right response. Yep. This is the right way. And that's Colin Smith. hundred yep. percent. I mean, this dude could, could be whoever he wanted to be in mm -hmm. the Christian world, but mm -hmm. he is who he is for the Lord, where mm -hmm. he is. And you catch him preaching. He'll be out shaking mm -hmm. hands. Yep. He's making eye contact. He's giving hugs. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about the total strangers. Yep. He'll you give know? you warmth. He'll reach out his hand. He'll look you in the eye. And he'll say, so good for you to be here. So yeah. good to see you. Yep. And he doesn't want any nope. praise. He's not looking for none of that stuff. He's not trying to, he's not, you know, a sneakerhead wearing mm -hmm. all the latest, you know, mm -hmm. greatest sneakers and, and the greatest mm -hmm. attire that's out there. You know, and to me, he he has been a great example. Yeah. Even though I'm not a member at mm -hmm. the church he's at, he's been an example mm -hmm. to me since I first heard of him just listening to him on the mm -hmm. radio. He was an example mm -hmm. to me. And then getting a chance yeah. to know him and be taught by him just either further made me want to follow a guy mm. like that and let him be an example to me. And has that kept his church mm. smaller? Probably. It, it could be a lot bigger. <clears throat> sure. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, he's going to be obedient. Yeah. So, um, so like this, this for me, the first part of why this happens is a, a pastor gets so ungrounded, like the Tower of Babel, he gets so disintegrated. Like to be integrated is to be whole, to be disintegrated, <laughs> like to fall apart. You're not whole anymore. And, mm -hmm. and you're like, you're out of touch with not, 
I guess the visual of the average congregation member trying to get to you and you're not in touch with them, but you're also not in touch with yourself. There's parts of you. There's parts of, like I said, the, um, the, the cave within you that you're not aware of. Okay. So I actually have a story of a pastor who um, came over to our house and we had dinner with him and he was asking about uh, what I was up to these days. And I was telling him how I was finishing our basement and I was, you know, keeping myself busy doing that. And, mm. and he said, Oh, I'd like to go see that. And I was like, okay. And right away, my wife and I looked at each other uh, because we kind of knew like we wanted to keep him on the half of the basement that I'd finished rather than the other half, which was still in shambles. Mm -hmm. And so we brought the pastor and his wife down to our basement and I was showing him around like, Oh, there's the bathroom, there's a bedroom, the, the main room. And I was, you know, kind of focusing on those, but we had put up a black curtain in the middle of the basement, right down the center of it. So then the right half was, or the left half was good, but the right half was a complete disaster behind the black curtain. And he kind of patiently uh, was just smiling and nodding and, you know, listened to my spiel about what I did. But then finally he uh, motioned over to the, um, the curtain. He said, well, what's over there? And we quickly say, oh, well, you don't want to see what's over there. And he's like, no, I, and before we could even do anything about it, he takes his arm and he rips back the black curtain <laughs> and there's boxes, there's cobwebs, there's dirt, there's just, just tons of just garbage and stuff piled up everywhere. And we were like so embarrassed and he just smiled, sat there like smiling, beaming from his face. And he says, this is the most interesting part. Mm, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and that that stands out to me because um, there's all kinds of things. Like if you think of your life as uh, you have a basement within you, you have that part where you shove everything that you don't want anyone to see. Mm -hmm. um, so all the stuff that you're ashamed of or afraid of or what stuff you want to keep hidden, maybe from your past or thoughts, even from your own self that you, you want to suppress, deny and say, oh, that's not a part of me. I would never do that. Mm -hmm. So off to the basement it goes yeah, yeah. Just shove it down there, put up a black curtain and, and just pretend that it's not there. Pretend. And, and then on the surface, you put on this persona and act like you're this kind of person. Like, and, and what happens in pastoral ministry is like you start, that's the BS that you start to imbibe and believe. So you start to think that, well, I'm a pastor. I have to have life together. I have to look a certain way. Um, I have to be polished in these areas and I can't admit to these kinds of weaknesses. I can't say to someone, I have these kind of sins, these kind of struggles, these kind of normal family things or life things or community things. And so you just shove them in the basement, mm -hmm. put up the black curtain and you and you think, oh, I've taken care of that, but you haven't. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's, yep. they haven't been buried; they've been buried alive. And the more you suppress them and try to like shut the basement door and lock it, the more the pressure and tension grows, and those things are going to come out and make themselves known until you acknowledge yeah. that that's a part of your life and that you're a real. <clears throat> they keep you grounded, right? Yeah. So, so two things come to mind. One is. Like, I remember before I was doing ministry that I had a whole lot less distractions in my life. And it was almost like I was able to practice, 
like, not practice. I was able to, like, pay more attention to fighting sin in my life mm-hmm. and doing those things that I should be doing. And once I got in ministry, all these other things started coming at me and, really and my life changed. And I started, <clears throat> I started to neglect those things that kind of made me feel the call of ministry in the first place because of what I was practicing, godliness and holiness and these things. And now when I look back, I think, wow, what happened to me? Mm-hmm. Like I'm almost don't even recognize myself. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, I think yeah. that can be true and oftentimes. And then two, like I totally agree with what you just said. And it's like, well, what is the response? And and my answer to the question is, and I'd like to hear your answer is mm-hmm. one, I think we both can agree we need to share these things with people. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessarily a, a whole congregation thing that mm-hmm. we should say we should share. Maybe some things can be, you know, but maybe not all. But we definitely need to share and and we need to have an accountability group. We need to have some people that we can be sharing these things with that can be praying for us, that can be helping us guard ourselves. You know, like, let's just say I'm a spender and my wife isn't. And that's true in my my mm-hmm. own life. If I'm bad with money, if I don't put that out there and my wife, you know, keeps her mouth closed, I keep my mouth closed, and we end up in a ton of debt, you know, people will find out when we go bankrupt or something, oh, yeah. right? When the yeah. when the thing happens that topples it's gonna, us. It's, yep. It's going to come out. And so of it's like I need to put that out there mm-hmm. so that other faithful brothers and sisters can be checking in on me. Mm-hmm. They can be paying attention maybe to what I'm wearing, mm-hmm. where I'm going. Like everything I do that pertains to mm-hmm. money being spent and checking in mm-hmm. on me and maybe even checking in on my wife. Mm-hmm. Because if she's trying to do that work herself. One, she might not be the one that should be doing the work. And two, if she is, like, she shouldn't be the only Mm -hmm. one. Because not only is she my wife, she's my sister in Christ, too. And she should be helping me as my sister. And I should be helping her as my brother, even though we are married, to to help us in our Mm -hmm. weaknesses and things Mm -hmm. like that. So, like, go right right to what Jesus said. He said in, um, in Mark 7, 21 through 23, he says, For from within... Out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within, Mm -hmm. and they defile a person. Mm -hmm. So all those things right away, like all those things are in your basement. They're like Mm -hmm. inside you. Now, you have to acknowledge that. And like what I, I think what the approach that's best is like you mentioned like spending or, or, and, and some of these things don't even necessarily have to be like a sin that's on that list, but it's just anything that you don't like about yourself that you hide down there. Well, the goal to become integrated or whole is then to not like hide those things in the basement, pretend like they're not there. And then one day they're going to come out and get you, but rather go down in there, identify that thing Bring it out onto the mm, main floor, yeah. like you said, and say, okay, and, and not with the whole congregation, probably, but with your spouse or with a friend, with a counselor, with someone you trust, sit that thing, uh, name whatever that sin is. You just, mm. and, and it lives, it lives with you on the first floor, right? Mm. And you, and it's acknowledged. It's like, I'm Sam, and this is something that I that I struggle with. This is in my life. I'm not pretending it's not there, 
but it is there. And then to be integrated is you learn how to, you learn how to live with that. Yeah. You learn how to live as a, a quote unquote normal person with that in, in the regular mix of your life. You're not too big for that. Yeah, yeah. And that, and then that keeps you humble. Humble just means earth hummus from Latin. So it keeps you grounded so that you won't topple, which is part of, I guess the prescription for, for leaders. So instead of, I love that scene that you created of, he has these bouncers around him and nobody can get to him. He's, he's like completely literally out of touch with reality in every way, shape and form. You need to be in touch with reality or else you're going to fall. Yeah. So I think that um, we definitely, for if you're a leader out there, um, be paying attention, you know, about what's going on in your life and be willing to to put yourself out there. You know, if you really want to be a good leader, it really doesn't matter what type of leader, but in a Christian ministry or a church, man, we, we want to represent Christ well. So, yeah, um, you know, being a leader isn't easy. And, you know, we spent most of the time talking about the failure. Mm-hmm. Um, but a question I've always thought about and maybe some other people have, too, is like if you are a leader, someone God is is giving a gift to to be in leadership in whatever area. And then they do sin to a level to where biblically it makes sense for them to be to, for them to be removed from that position Two things come to mind. One, can they ever be restored to that position? And if so, like, what's the process? Mm -hmm. And, like, how long does that process take? Mm -hmm. And so I don't think there's a formula per se for it, but I definitely think that there is something good. That article that you sent me, actually, that I read, that was great. Yeah. There's an article that uh, DA Don Carson wrote. Um, and you can find it on the Gospel Coalition's website. Can a fallen Christian leader ever be restored? And I'll put a link to that in our show notes. Uh, it's a simple article, but I mean, he's a he's a clear thinker. He knows the word, and he he just bores down right into the the real gist of the matters. And he first asks, "Well, restored to what? Like, what are we talking about? Uh, restored to your family? Restored to God?" Restored to your church yeah. or restored to Christian ministry and leadership. Like there's yep. different levels. Yeah. And so uh, the the main one is to be restored to God. Amen. And can Amen. you be restored to God? And you can. Yeah. I think that's, the, think that's the easy. Can. Like I've never questioned that. Like I think the answer is easy. Like, of course you the can. An, yeah. It's, and maybe it's not easy for that person, but. Sure. Sure. Or maybe it's not easy for the forgiveness of the yeah. people that's been hurt yeah. for, you know, to be restored. Yeah, you might not be restored to the church yep. or your family, but I think you can be restored to God for sure. So, and be thankful for that. Like, and, and don't fall back into the self-pity that says, oh, I deserve to be restored to Christian leadership or a pastor. That yeah. No, be thankful if you are restored to your yeah, family. Yeah, I think to, I think that was forth. something in the article if I'm if I'm if I'm not mistaken that I loved was it's almost like if the person says they're ready to be restored, they ain't ready. Yeah. That's you what know? I said. Yeah. Yeah. If it's the person that is saying yep. like 
I'm just trying to work on my relationship with Christ and, and people recognize that in mm -hmm. me and say, hey, would you consider this? And not going from the floor back to the top, yep. but slowly but surely opening that door for you to exercise these gifts mm -hmm. again that God has given mm -hmm. you. And I just thought, man, it's a great article. It's yeah. a great article. Yeah. So he um, then Carson goes on to say there's like in, in this restoration, you need to be asking yourself two questions. One is, is he in danger of committing the sin again? So this has to do with like the degree of repentance, mm -hmm. the accountability that you have in your life, the need to protect God's people, the flock, recognizing is this guy self-controlled according to first Timothy three, two, mm -hmm. and is he able to manage his own family? First Timothy three, four. So one, is he in danger of committing the sin again? And two, to what extent has his moral failure destroyed his credibility, especially with outsiders? Yep. And then Carson really <laughs> lays into this one because that's a huge uh, test and litmus test. To what extent has his moral failure destroyed his credibility, even with outsiders? Because according to 1 Timothy 3, 2, you have to be above reproach and have a good uh, reputation with outsiders. 1 Timothy 3, 7. Yeah, and so I think, you know, in order for one to get that off the top, you have to build that, mm -hmm. right? Like a stranger to a congregation is not going to just quickly give that to someone. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, they shouldn't. Mm -hmm. You have to build that trust and demonstrate that. And then when you sin, it's like the bridge has been broken mm -hmm. and in some cases completely destroyed. Yeah. And so now it's build bridging. Mm -hmm. it's, it's bridge building time. Mm -hmm you know, for that restoration process to happen, that that bridge needs to be rebuilt mm -hmm. so that can restore the trust that the people may mm -hmm. have in you. There's a brother that I know who um, was a pastor of a church before and, you know, been quite a few years ago. And the church that he goes to, I, I feel like personally from what I know, he has been demonstrating repentance, remorse, counselor like you name and he's mm -hmm. gone through it all and they won't even let him like lead a bible study in mm -hmm. the church and i kind of feel like what mm. like I, I that just i'm miffed by that yeah you know it doesn't make sense to me well in his article carson as you kind of reference he sa says that 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 a person should start at the very bottom like he says like sweeping the parking lots or, yeah. or parking old ladies' cars. Yep. But you start with those little things. And then after a while, I think um, he says, so you prove yourself faithful in small thing. Then maybe after a while, while you're able to attend a prayer meeting. And as you've been just attending a prayer meeting, then once in a while, share something. And then, so it's like, it's very slow. It takes years, but it's a way to slowly rebuild that credibility. Um, and he cautions that you'll, that guy will probably never regain the credibility he had before because people will always remember, uh, remember that sin, especially if he's ever talking about uh, moral issues in the future, like people always question that. And then the other part is that affects it is like the more prominent you are, the pastor and leader is, then the more unlikely that any kind of full restoration uh, will be because the longer there's going to be haters out there who, yep. who remember. But it's a slow process. And like that's, and I think people just need to be okay with that, meaning leaders. Because again, reading some of these, these articles about these people, they're, 
they're wanting to get right back they're, in there after only months. Yeah, they're chomping at the bit. And I'm saying, like, no, it takes it takes years, if at all. Like, I'm hopeful, but it takes years. And as I've been thinking about it, um, I remembered I remembered something that a Greek professor um, told me once when we were learning Greek for the first time, and we had been through I don't know a year or two of Greek at this point, and kind of offhanded in casual conversation. He said, you only really start to learn Greek after 10 years. And I'm sitting there thinking. He was like, wow. I'm like, 10 years. He's like, yeah, once you hit the 10-year of like consistently using it, Mm -hmm. then it starts to actually become familiar. And then you can really start to read it and enjoy it. Mm -hmm. But not until then. Wow. And I'm like. (laughs) I'm like, can I get out of this class? (laughs) 10 years. But I think there's a truth about that 10-year number for and for fallen pastors, because in one sense, like this didn't come out of nowhere. Your fall didn't come out of nowhere. You had been dialoguing or using the language of fallenness your whole life. And it just Mm -hmm. has led to that. So like you had been uh, speaking in certain way, you know, I'm speaking metaphorically, telling yourself stories. Uh, You've been operating in one language. And if you want to get better, what you're attempting to do is learn a whole new language of life Mm -hmm. about the stories you tell yourself about the way you think about God, about other people. It's another whole language. And so to me, how much more than it's like, you need to be operating with this new healthy form of language for, for 10 years. And then my mind went to um, Homer's Odyssey Mm -hmm. and with Odysseus, he was, he fought the the Trojan war for 10 years and then he went to go home. Did he go home instantly and, you know, enjoy his wife and, you know, his kids and all that? No, he took a 10 year long journey home and he had a, he had to fight monsters. He had to fight fears. He had to fight gods. He had to fight the elements. He had to battle all this stuff for 10 years, an additional 10 years before he could get home. And, and like symbolically, I think that feels, that feels right to me. Like there are monsters, there are enemies, demons, elements inside of you that you need to do battle with before you're ready yeah so so as i as i'm hearing you say this one i'm like i want to see a movie like that because it looks <laughs> like it'd be amazing <laughs> i'm not gonna read the book but i'm just thinking about what if perchance out of the 30 people that we have that listen to our podcast maybe there's a pastor who has sinned in a great mm-hmm. way that they've fallen mm-hmm what would we say? And the thing that comes to my mind is when it comes to them, like wanting to re-enter back into ministry, mm-hmm. three words come to my mind. Slow your roll. Yeah. <clears throat> Slow your roll, man. Yeah. You know, like, you know, I get it. Like you've once tasted something mm-hmm. that is great mm-hmm. and you've been a part of something that God was doing. That was great. It wasn't you. That mm-hmm. was great. And if you think it was you, that's probably part of the problem, mm-hmm. but God was doing a great thing. Guess what? God can do great things anywhere. Yeah. So maybe take all that seminary, Bible college, Bible teacher, professor, mm-hmm. whatever knowledge you got and beat the streets, man. Yeah. Maybe go talk to some folks in a coffee shop yep. or a cigar lounge yep. and talk to some people about Jesus yeah. and do some borderline, mm-hmm. baseline, 
hardcore roll up your sleeves mm -hmm. ministry that's not mm -hmm. sexy. You don't get a paycheck for it. There ain't no awards yep. given to you. There's no notoriety. No recognition. No none of that. Which is just what you need. That's just what you need. Yep. Man, you need to get yep. back yep. to the beginning. And if that's where God keeps you, praise God. Mm -hmm. Praise God he even left you alive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, because you're yeah. ruining your testimony. Yeah. You know by what you yeah, did, yeah. but he leaves you alive on this earth for purpose mm -hmm. still. So, so your journey's not done, mm -hmm. <clears throat> the story's not complete. But get on the ground mm -hmm. level, man, and start mm -hmm. beating the streets for Jesus. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I would say to somebody no, that's wanting to jump back in. I love that, and and is like we said, as soon as you, <laughs> when you say, "Oh, I'm ready," like you're not ready. Yeah. You're not ready. Yeah. You're just not ready. Uh, what will it take for you to get ready? Probably you finally realizing that you're, you're not ready <laughs> and that, yep. you'll, that you'll never be ready. And, yep. and like, like there's so many things you have to fight and you, you need people in your life to be speaking into your life truthfully all the time yeah. and, and maybe let them tell you if you're ready or not. Yeah. Let and them th seek you. And then, and then when they seek you, your first response should be, Oh no, no, not me. You don't know me. I got I got six hundred more miles of cave to explore. Yeah, you know I I there's so much more into me. It's like me. I I can't even talk right to people. And you yeah. want me to go help your people yeah. to be set free? Yeah, yeah. Or I'm Moses, just I'm just right? a little shepherd boy. Yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean. You want to use me to fight this giant? Yeah. You want to use yeah. me? Yeah. Come yeah. on, man. Yeah. Gideon, you want to use me? Yeah. There's tons of examples out there. Of people, That's right. You, you want to use me, a fisherman? Yeah. You want to use me, a tax collector, somebody yeah. that everybody hates? You want to use me? Mm. That should be the posture. I had a shot, and I and I messed up. Yep, I blew and it. And God, yep. you have reconciled me once mm -hmm. again to your son, to yourself through your son. And now I'm going to still serve you with joy and gladness mm -hmm. over here in this humble, awesome way. Yeah. And if the people come seek you, I love mm -hmm. what you said. I'm still not ready. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like that doesn't mean that God can't give you a second call. Mm -hmm. That's what I believe. Yeah. I believe he can give you a second call. Maybe mm -hmm. that's not for everyone. So I don't know who it is. Mm -hmm. If there's a, a sin that he won't do it, I'm not God. I have no idea. But I think this is along the lines mm -hmm. of the response mm -hmm. that one should have when they've experienced that. Mm -hmm. And what... I think like, what is the purpose and goal of your life? Are you, are you making a ministry a goal? That's not mm, the goal. Yeah. That's not the purpose of your life. That's like, right. I just want to reach this thing mm. and, and I'll do these little things in order to get to that bigger yeah. ministry. Like mm. that's still the wrong mm. attitude, yeah. people. Yep. It's still the wrong attitude. The goal of our life is to learn obedience to God, yeah. obedience to Christ. And, and Jesus all over in his gospels, look at the gospel of John, especially he links obedience to love mm, of all things. Yeah. So as we grow in our obedience to him, then we truly learn how to love him and we experience his love for us. Mm. Like the goal of your life is to learn obedience. I don't care who's listening to this, mm. whether it is uh, a big name pastor out there or someone who's washing dishes at Panera right mm, now. Yeah. The goal of both of those lives, the purpose in God's eyes of your life is the exact same. And it's to learn obedience to Christ. Mm. And you can do that wherever you're at. Amen. And I love this quote that I read from Alice von Hildebrandt mm. uh, recently in, in a book. She was the wife of a, of a German philosopher, Dietrich von Hildebrandt. <laughs> but um, she writes um, in, in, in several of her books, I'm reading a book about men and women, 
But she says, like, she says, it's not what you do, but how you do it. And she says, if you do it with love, that's what you need to do. Mm, Do whatever you're doing, but do it with love. Small things like, and again, that's the purpose. So if you're, if you're preaching to thousands, but you're not doing it with love, then that's a first Corinthians 13, right? You're clanging symbol. That's right. Versus if you're working on a car in a garage, if you're washing your dishes, if you're cleaning uh, up after your kids, but you're doing it with love, mm-hmm. that—that's your whole life right there. Yeah, amen. That—that's the purpose of your life. Yeah. Another thing that I—I I don't want us to miss that I want to yeah. speak on for a few minutes is, oftentimes because this sin happens, this person is in the media. There's other podcasters out here that's putting them on blast, and. Who else is greatly affected by this thing other than the primary person? It's their family. Mm. And like that doesn't get much airplay. Mm-hmm. I've I've read a few articles and have heard how some of these people who have repented and 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 they're doing their best to still continue to struggle and live in their life for Christ talk about how deeply it hurt their family Mm. and how it definitely is going to affect the marriage, right? No matter what it is, it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be anything sexual. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to affect the marriage. If you have children, it's going to affect the children. Mm -hmm. Children go to school. If the wife has a job outside the home, if she doesn't, if a lot of times pastors' wives sometimes are put up on a pedestal, especially depending on what kind of church you Mm -hmm. go to. You go to some churches, they're called like the queen and the first lady and all this stuff and people putting them on pedestals and like, People start to ostracize them, mm-hmm. right? They start to pay for the sins of their husband. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is, to- I mean, if 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 that's not the worst response in the world, I don't know what is. Even for the pastor, mm-hmm. if there isn't a better time to want to lift them up, meaning help them get their face out the mud because they're so deeply hurt, it's a time like this, man. Mm-hmm to love on them even more, to check in on them even more because Satan, he's sitting back with a big old Kool-Aid smile on his face mm-hmm. because he's he's just wrecked so much mm-hmm. stuff. And I think that if we're ever in a situation where we belong to a church or we know a ministry leader or a ministry we may be serving or maybe even work for, mm-hmm. when something like that happens, like don't be too afraid. Don't think, oh, I probably shouldn't contact them because they got a lot going on. Mm. No, contact them. First thing you do is pray for them. Mm -hmm. Second thing, contact them. Mm -hmm. Go weep with them. Mm -hmm. The Bible says we should bear one another's burdens. You know, we need to do that. But oftentimes I think people pull away Mm -hmm. instead of clinging to, Mm -hmm. to try to help. And, Mm -hmm. and I get it. Maybe you're pissed Mm -hmm. at the guy for what he did. Mm -hmm. Then be, maybe be pissed at him. But don't take it out on the wife mm-hmm. and the kids, man. Mm-hmm. Don't don't do them like that. Help them. Help love on them, and help be there for them, however they need to be. And if it's just you being a shoulder to cry on, mm-hmm. be that shoulder. If if it's you praying with them and for them while they're present, then do that. If it's bringing a meal to them because they just have kind of in a weak area right now where they they don't have a passion or desire to even want to lift a finger to cook. Like I think that's okay. Bring some, you know, a yeah. death happens. In a sense, a death has happened. Yeah, yeah. Right? You hear about a death in a family, and they got these, what are they called, meal trains and stuff they got where people mm-hmm. are bringing meals from the church. Like, do the same. A death has happened. Mm-hmm. 
not a physical death, but almost like a spiritual death in a sense, right? Because death of a ministry mm -hmm. of this guy's connectedness from God to the church and him being a, a conduit, if you will, a death has occurred. Mm -hmm. And we need to act as if that, that's mm -hmm. the case. And we need to, as a body, as a body, we need to wrap them in prayer. Mm -hmm. We need to wrap them with our arms physically and be there for them. Don't make them feel uncomfortable when they come back to church. Mm -hmm. Maybe they need to to be gone for a minute mm -hmm. because, because there's going to be shame. And we should be always welcoming to them and letting them know that we miss them and, and we want them to be there. I think that's right, yeah. right? No matter what he does or the family, like we want him coming too. Mm -hmm. Like we don't want him away from the church. He need to be in the church. Mm -hmm. He need to be preached to. Mm -hmm. He need to get back to the yep. first thing, which yep. is the word of yep. God. Humble, humble himself. And, be, and, yep. and humble himself mm -hmm. and, and face the music. Mm -hmm. yep. Face the music. Yep. Yep. And face the music don't mean, church, that we belittle and degrade him for what he did. Because guess what? When you look in the mirror, you a sinner just like mm -hmm. he is. Mm -hmm. But he need to face the music, mm -hmm. and you need to better to shake his hand and say, God bless you. Mm -hmm. And welcome him in just like mm -hmm. you would, any, just like the stranger mm -hmm. or the drug addict, right? Mm -hmm. We can be happy about a drug addict or a prostitute or somebody coming into church and say, yeah, we got a sinner in here, but let a let a pastor fall. And it's like, we don't want him mm -hmm. darkening our doorstep. Mm -hmm. What? So I don't know. I guess I'm off my little soapbox now, but I just feel like that that's no. necessary to say because – there's hurt and pain that extends far beyond him mm -hmm. and his family needs some love and he needs some love mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. Remember that. Let's, let's remember that even other people that are doing podcasts and things like that, even if they're trying to come back to ministry too quick, like let's pray for him. Mm -hmm. If you believe in the power of prayer and that it can do things, then pray for him. Yeah. That's what I would say. Yeah. And we have to keep in mind the the people that he affected, the victims. Oh, and all yes. Of this. Yes, absolutely and, right. And, and apply everything that we just said, that Lewis just said about the family to the victim and everyone who is hurt by it. And we can't. So, I mean, it's it's a. Yeah, and in some instances, maybe like if it's if there is a victim, like if a. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, maybe, maybe it's not good for like if their family's going to church. Maybe there needs to be a season or maybe yeah, never for when sure. that family goes back for just sure. because that's going to keep perpetuating yeah, no. the pain. So, so yeah, I, I'm glad you I'm brought just that keeping up. I'm keeping in mind our awareness and our prayers for and just our sensitivity to. Yep. And as a, and if you're a fallen pastor, like you, you can't minimize any of those things. And yep. that's, that's something that as I've been around, uh, guys who have fallen, like one of our tendencies is is to minimize, yeah. and 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 that's another sign that, by the way, that you're not ready to go back. <laughs> yeah. Whenever you hear uh, a guy say, "I just don't know why I did that," okay, <laughs> well, you need to figure out why you did that, or else you're not ready. It ain't no doubt because it's gonna happen again. Yeah. Or they say, "Well, it wasn't really that big of a deal. We didn't actually like have sex." Like you're you're minimizing things. Amen. Or if you say things like it, it really didn't affect too many. I mean, you get it. Whenever you try to make your make yeah. the situation smaller, disassociate yourself from it, then you're just not ready. Yeah. You need to take full ownership and say, "This is what I did. These are all the people that it hurt. This is how it hurt my family. You know, this is how it hurt the community. This is how it hurt God's heart. Yep. This is how it hurt all these things." And then you just need to stand. Yep. Yep. And um, that can seem overwhelming. And like you said, at the very beginning of the conversation, you haven't 
heard too many guys just flat out stand up and say, yes, th- these are all the horrible things that I did yep. and I'm taking ownership of it and, and not defend them and apologize and apologize. Yeah. I haven't seen much of that either, but you need to be willing to stand in the storm, to stand in that and just, and face it. Yep. And it can seem, and it will be overwhelming to you. And you want to just go um, tie a millstone around your neck and throw yourself into the heart of the sea, as Jesus said, because that, uh, in a sense, is way more appealing than what you what you have to face. That's right. But my friend Tim uh, gave me a scripture uh, that really helped me, and it was a scripture in Romans, drawing a blank right now. But it says, "Where sin has abounded, grace, grace has abounded more. all the more." Mm-hmm. And so he said, "Sam, when you think about how overwhelming your sin is, and how much it has abounded." and cause harm or pain in this world, in your life, and the lives of others, he said, grace can abound even more than that. Amen. And that's true. Yeah. That's true. And stand in that promise. Yeah. Stand and take it's, your it's, medicine. Yeah, it's almost like saying our sin is bigger than God. Yeah, the opposite of that. But right? it's, but it's, it's not, not, right? No. His grace is bigger mm-hmm. than any sin yep. that we have. But the only way that you can get to that bigger grace is by admitting and coming yes. clean with your bigger sin. That's right. The more you try to shove it in the basement, hide it, be false about it, you'll never experience that grace. That's right. The grace will never abound in your life, in victims' lives, in the community's life, in anybody's life. Amen. Amen. Wow. The only way is to walk in the truth and to come yeah. clean. I, I think that, in my opinion, yeah. this might be my favorite episode that we've done just because... This continues to be a problem. And guess what? There's probably hundreds, if not thousands, of these problems that exist right now yeah. where the shoe hasn't dropped yet. Yeah. Right? The thing hasn't come out. Yeah. The sin exists, yeah. but it ain't been exposed yeah. yet. And guess what? Your sin will find you yeah, out. Will. You think that you have it under control and it's in the basement and your little black curtains enough and it's going to stay down there? No. It's going to come out, it's man. Come and so out. that's why I think it's so important to talk about this yep. because I haven't heard a lot of people talk about mm-hmm. it. And, and, you know, if you're anything like me, I've never had an original idea. So there ain't no doubt there's probably thousands of books mm-hmm. and podcasts about this topic. But I think it, the more it gets talked about, I think that's where the healing can begin. Yeah. Because if, if I'm a current pastor and I stumbled upon this podcast that we did, for me, like I'm in ministry mm-hmm. and as I'm speaking these things, I think about this mm-hmm. stuff. I think about this stuff a lot because I understand, I understand Satan's grip Mm -hmm. and how to hold it was once on me before. And I'll be doggone if it gets a grip on me like that. That don't mean Mm -hmm. I I don't sin and can't sin. I'm not letting that thing get a grip on me like it had before. In order for me not to let it get that grip, I got to always be looking at it crouching at my door. Yeah. So I know it's crouching yep, and sure. I see it crouching. Mm-hmm. I see it. I can look and I can see yes. it's crouching at the door of my heart. Mm-hmm. I see that thing. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'm still so messed up and broken that sometime I let it win. Mm-hmm. Sometime it pounces on me and it beats me. Mm-hmm. And that's when I sin. And I don't say that in a prideful, in a good way, but I, at least I'm looking at the thing, yep. man. Sometimes I get distracted and take my eyes off and that's how it ends up getting me. Mm-hmm. But we got to be conscious Mm -hmm. of it. And if we can start being conscious of it, and if we can put measures in place with our teams, right? Mm -hmm. Teams or elder board, deacon board, whatever. If we can. Friends. Friends. If we can put some of this stuff out there 
and we can tell people, will you watch? Will you watch it mm-hmm. for me? Can you watch sin crouching at my door mm-hmm. for me and help me? Yeah. I want to do the same for you because it's crouching at everybody's yep. door. But can you help me? Because yep. I don't want to. I don't want to be that guy. Mm-hmm. I think that's where some sin can start to be fought against. Mm-hmm. Some victories can be won, and it can preserve this great call mm-hmm. that God has put on some people's lives to where mm-hmm. they don't fall victim. Like so many people are. And listen to the lies you're telling yourself in that process. Cause you think that the lies you're telling yourself, the lies we tell ourselves are, well, if, if I let people know, then they're going to think less of me. If I let people know about this sin, then they may fire me. If I let people know, then it's going to affect my ministry. If I let people know, I won't get as many followers. My church won't grow. Yep, like yep. Lie after lie, after lie, after lie, you're telling yourself. Yep. And it's, who and some cares? and some of that stuff could, it be, could true, be true, but who but cares? It doesn't matter, man. Doesn't what matters matter. is yeah. your relationship with Christ yep. and the godliness that you're exhibiting yep. to others. That's what matters. Yeah. Yeah. That's what matters. So you, whatever loss you have, yeah. thank God that this loss is because yeah. you're choosing to fight sin and to love yeah. God. And so, like we've read other articles about guys who are still fighting it. They're fighting respond their responsibility, the part they took in the sin that happened under their watch. And it's like, I'm just saying, stop fighting it. Yeah. Just come clean. Come clean, man. Just walk in the truth. Come clean. It's so freeing. Yes. yes. I bet I bet when you got that stuff out of the basement yep. and got the other side fixed, you felt the sense this is done. Yeah. The project is complete. Yeah. My all that junk is out my base, yeah. or at least it's in order, and yeah. it's it's the way I plan yeah. for it to be in yeah. a good way. Coming yeah. clean is freeing. I think it can clear your mind. It mm-hmm. definitely can clear your heart, clear your soul. Yeah, it's just so many good things that can happen when you can put that stuff mm-hmm. out there, because the burden that you carry with that stuff being mm-hmm. in the basement is insurmountable, man. Mm-hmm. It'll if if the sin don't get found out. Like it plays its way in heart attacks, strokes, oh, yes, you know, play itself sickness, out in other kind of ways. Yeah, 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 sickness, you know. So it ain't always that it is exposed and put in the light, but these things start happening to people physically, absolutely, that you just can't explain, and, and maybe that's the explanation because you got a bunch of junk in the basement yeah. that you're trying to hide. Yeah. So, yeah. man, well, this been good. I mean, we're we're at the point where we you know we've been rolling. It's time to stop. So. Um, thank you for being willing to 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 talk about this with me because I think it's important as these days are getting darker mm-hmm. and darker, the light of Christ shines brighter. Mm-hmm. But as Satan keeps getting victories in these ministry leaders' mm-hmm. lives, it's diminishing things. And and these are my our mm-hmm. brothers and sisters, because mm-hmm. they're sisters in leadership in churches mm-hmm. that that can have that have problems too, yeah. right? Yeah. Like we want to help shine a light on this. Mm-hmm. so that the darkness can start to be dispelled mm-hmm. and that Christ's name mm-hmm. can be lifted up. And Christian Christian out there, congregation member out there, it's not it's not hopeless, but the way up is to go down. Like it's the mm-hmm. opposite of what you might think. Amen. Just like Paul had to be uh, when he was Saul and ravaging the church and living in that sin, he had to be laid out. He had to be flattened. He had to be blinded. He Amen. had to be brought to the end of himself mm-hmm. before God could then use him. And that, that's where the hope is. We have to, as a church, be laid low first, expose our junk, get it out there, confess who we are, and then God can start to build something good. Amen, amen. Yep. So that's a good last word. So, man, thank you guys for joining us today. Again, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Um, if this, again, has had value for you, man, send a link, share it, pass it around to other people, even ministry leaders that you know. Yeah. 
because we want to make sure that ain't nobody stepping in no BS. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>